time for us to get into our well-being conversation, looking at what goes into eye laser surgery. Have you considered eye laser surgery? What are some of the advantages, disadvantages? What are some of the risks? What are the things you need to be thinking about before getting eye surgery? And maybe you've had eye surgery or have a family member that's had it. We'd love to hear from you about your experience on 011-883-0702, SMSs. On 31702, we also have an expert eye surgeon at Safeside Cataract and Eye Laser Center, Dr. Tebu Homaleka, who can take your questions as well. Dr. Maleka, a very good morning to you. Good to have you on the show. Morning, good. Uh, good to be here. Thank you very much for your time. So, Dr. Maleka, tell us about uh, eye surgery, laser eye surgery. What exactly is that procedure? What does it entail? So um, this procedure is aimed at people that do not want to wear glasses or contact lenses that are tired of wearing those. And essentially, typically the, um, for you to see clearly, the images, the light should be focused on the back of the retina. But in um, people that wear glasses and contact lenses, uh, myopia and uh, long-sightedness, the images are focused either in front or on the back of the retina, but not on the retina. And as a result, the, uh, the images are blurred. So what we do in refractive surgery is we change the shape of the cornea to simply focus the images on the retina for you to see clearly. Mm-hmm. And so um, when the shape of the cornea is then changed, how exactly is that done? What does that entail? So there's um, different procedures, uh, but there's minor differences in all of them. Uh, the major difference is that one, the most commonly performed one, LASIK, that's where we lift a flap of the cornea. We do the laser to reshape the cornea, and then we replace um, the, uh, the flap that we've just lifted. We put it back. So that's one group of uh, laser procedures. And then the other one is where we simply just do laser on top of the cornea. We don't lift up the flat. We just do the laser on top of the cornea to reshape the cornea. And we let that uh, lasered area heal. And that's called PRK, photorefractive uh, keratectomy. And then there's another newer form of laser surgery called SMILE. Uh, where we remove um, a small lenticle in the shape of a lens from inside the cornea. We make a little cut, remove that um, uh, lenticle, and that reshapes the cornea, refocusing the images for you to see clearly. So those are the main groups of uh, laser refractive uh, surgery. Mm -hmm. But there's other procedures that we can do that are not laser-based, for a correction of uh, normally extreme um, refractive errors, uh, extreme problems of myopia and hyperopia, where we can do intraocular lens surgery. The surgery that we do uh, normally in the elderly for cataract surgery, we can remove your own natural lens, put in an artificial lens, and uh, that will correct your um, your myopia or uh, refractive error as well. Mm. Doctor, you mentioned uh, the intraocular lens, and Mm. I have a grandmother that did have cataracts. She got the intraocular Mm. lens in both her eyes. 
But interestingly, yeah. she still wears her glasses. So if you yeah. have one of these procedures, is it possible that you may still need to use um, your, uh, your, your glasses as well? Yes, it is, uh, it is possible. But with um, the sophisticated equipment that we have nowadays, Okay, and especially if you go to a reflective practice, because we aim to not just uh, restore your vision, because normally the elderly just go in to restore vision, they don't mind glasses. We make sure that it's precise, that you don't really need glasses following uh, your intraocular lens uh, surgery. So it's normally these young people with very thick glasses that come through and they need um, intraocular lens surgery and we specifically aim to have those results perfect. And um, nine out of 10 times we will have them without glasses following that type of surgery. Mm. So it's not like in your grandmother. Yeah. You mentioned that often uh, the laser surgery is uh, for people who don't want to wear glasses. So they have glasses to treat a specific kind of um, eye condition. Uh, What are some of the conditions that eye laser surgery can treat? What are the ones that eye laser surgery doesn't treat? Because there are people who wear glasses. They have particular issues with their vision. They go for an assessment and they're told that they don't actually qualify. So what are the conditions it can treat and the ones that it can't treat? So if you look at uh, reflective errors, which are myopia, long-sightedness, and astigmatism, all of those um, refractive surgery can correct. And then the net level of eye um, refractive problems is presbyopia, the aging eye, from the age of 40, you lose the ability to focus near. It gets worse as you get towards 45 and 50. And uh, generally there's a procedure, laser-based, called um, blended vision that we can do for you not to wear reading glasses. And then uh, the patient, the group of patients that tend to be turned away from uh, laser are the ones that do not have a healthy eye. So generally most um, refractive errors, like I mentioned, can be uh, corrected. The ones, the patients that are told not to have, uh, applied not to have refractive surgery normally do not have a healthy eye. And the number one um, cause of uh, patients being declined for laser uh, surgery is thin, very thin corneas. So when you have very thin corneas, because the laser reshapes the cornea by taking tissue away, so you have to have enough. But if you come through and you have a thin cornea, if we treat you, we might leave you with an unstable eye, making your condition worse. So those patients are normally uh, tender away, and those patients are normally diagnosed with a condition called keratoconus, mm-hmm. which can be discussed um, But uh, those patients specifically, we set out looking for them because it's dangerous for them to have um, uh, laser surgery. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to refractive errors, um, all refractive errors can be corrected with laser. We just seek out eyes that are not healthy. Mm. 
Uh, Doctor, we have a few questions that have come through on our WhatsApp number. Um, Anthony yes. asks, says, Morning, Gogs. I have a corneal uh, graft 27 years ago. I currently use Skiral, I hope I'm saying that correctly, lenses for uh, astigmatism. Uh, what laser surgery would the doctor recommend to correct my vision? So those are the more difficult uh, conditions to correct with, uh, with laser post um, uh, corneal graft. Scleral lens is actually the best way to correct um, uh, what is using scleral lenses is the best way to correct vision problems mm-hmm. following um, uh, uh, corneal graft. Mm-hmm. But in corneal graft, if you have minor errors, if you have uh, minor refractive errors, minor myopia, long-sightedness, or astigmatism following your corneal graft, yes, certainly laser can help. But you find that following a corneal graft, most patients have extreme uh, myopia and astigmatism. And the other reason is a grafted eye, an eye with a corneal graft, does not respond uh, the same way as a virgin eye, as a natural eye, would respond to laser surgery. Mm-hmm. So most of us laser surgeons, we tend to shy away from uh, doing laser over a grafted eye, and especially that we have an excellent uh, solution to vision problems, which is the scleral lens in this particular group of patients. Um, Doctor, would you able to uh, just briefly explain to us what happens in um, a corneal graft or what, what a grafted eye is? So the cornea is a clear, transparent, uh, dome-shaped tissue that you have at the front part of your eye. Arguably, it's the most important um, tissue in your eye for you to see clearly. Sometimes either following disease or injury, you can have a scar, a damaged cornea that does not allow light to go through to stimulate the retina for you to see clearly. So in corneal grafts, what we do is we get a new cornea for you. A cornea that is uh, left behind by a corneal donor, somebody that says they want to use their body parts to help humanity, people that don't see. We take that, which is a clear cornea, we, put, we take out your disease cornea with a scar, and we switch on a new cornea for you to, uh, to see clearly again for the new cornea to allow the light to go through your eye and stimulate the back of your eye, the retina. So essentially that's what happens. We replace your old disease cornea mm-hmm. with a new cornea that is uh, left by a, um, an organ donor. Okay. Uh, let's go to Moodley in Linasia who has a question. Moodley, a very good morning to you. Morning, Sanas. You have your programs every Sunday and all the lovely doctors. Thank uh, you, Moodley. Your question for Dr. Maleka? Dr. Maleka, uh, I've had a lot of uh, contact and experience with uh, uh, your, your uh, t- person, t- type of uh, surgeons. Why do we always have to fly in corneas from America? Is there any specific reason for that? 
first of all, it's not uh, necessary anymore. There's um, a good um, eye bank in the Eastern Cape that um, uh, you know the South African surgeons are really working on uh, on this problem as I will set it out to be. Um, the corneas in Europe and America are readily available. So there's more corneal donors than uh, there's a need in those communities for corneas. In South Africa, for various reasons, we do not have enough uh, organ donors. Uh, people, um, either for superstitious reasons and other reasons, would want to take all the organs to their grave. Uh, God knows why. I think it's um, uh, probably awareness, but um, talking to uh, most of our patients, um, I find that um, they are a little bit edgy, they are a bit reluctant. And funny enough, including patients, when you talk about organ donation, even to patients that need, for example, corneal transplants, and you ask them to be one themselves or other organs, they need a cornea, you ask them to join the registry, those patients are still reluctant, they want to talk to their families, and when the, the need is obvious, I'm not too sure why. So America and uh, Europe and other countries, we find that they have more corneas than they need, and they are happy to ship them out for a fee to countries like ours. That's the main reason. Thank you very much for that question, Doctor. We have another question, uh, a few more oh, that's come through on WhatsApp. One says, good morning. May I ask Dr. Maneka whether a damaged retina can be fixed in a six-year-old? That's a message from Sonia. That's one of the more difficult surgeries to do. So retinal surgery needs to be done when it's fresh. So we would like to operate within a week of the problem happening and definitely within a month of a retina being damaged. So when you do it within a week or two, you tend to get 100% of your vision back. And I would say when the retinal surgery is done more than a month following the, um, the problem, uh, the retinal detachment, you might get 10% of your vision out or um, in uh, quite a lot of cases, um, you essentially get zero. Um, of your vision back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be done fairly urgently. It's, a, it's an urgent eye procedure. Uh, speaking of uh, the restoration of eyesight, we did also receive an SMS on 31702 and it asks, so can eye health be restored? It sounds as though the answer is, it depends. It depends, yes. It depends uh, on the condition and it depends on the length of time as well. And um, we find that uh, patients that come through that have irreversible vision have been noticing um, the decline in their vision for years. And sometimes only when they start walking into doors and having really uh, big problems tripping over stairs, only then do they come in. And unfortunately, it might be a little bit too late for, for the vision to be restored. Mm. So the earlier they come in, the better.
I was reading a piece, Dr. Maleka, that said uh, mm. that some younger people, particularly people in their 20s and younger, don't uh, necessarily or aren't recommended for this kind of procedure. Because I know you're saying it's better to come earlier if you're finding that you mm-hmm. do have an issue, but it seems as though there can be the possibility where you come too early. Um, it, it depends. It's a yes and no mm-hmm. answer to that. So... The one of the things that we look at, um, the assessment that we do when we uh, look for a candidate in refractive surgery is the stability of the vision. So your uh, your error, your myopia, hyperopia, or astigmatism needs to be uh, stable for at least a year for you to undergo refractive surgery. And we find that in... Um, uh, you know, teenagers, uh, young adults, the vision is still changing. The myopia is still progressing. And um, that um, we tend to postpone the surgery, ask the patient to wait a year or so, and then we reassess. And if the vision is stable, even though they are young, we would uh, continue to do refractive surgery. And that group, the um, you know 20 to 30 group, is where those are the patients, the most number of patients come from when it comes to refractive surgery. So we just wait for stability. Dr. Maleka, like with any medical procedure, I imagine there are some risks and complications associated with doing this particular kind of surgery. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the ones associated with eye surgery? So um, most patients, yes, will get 20-20 vision or better. And uh, that's quite a good outcome. And then the complications are normally minor. And uh, the most commonest ones, I would say, uh, look out for dry eye. Um, dry eye can be, uh, it's normally uh, temporary. It happens to everybody. Uh, your eyes will feel a bit gritty following a refractive surgery. But in most patients, the normal tear production would have come back in about six months. And then the second uh, big one is uh, glare and halos. Um, at night, under dim light conditions, uh, this tends to be temporary as well with the vast majority of patients. And then there's a small segment of patients where the, um, these um, visual distortions can continue beyond six months. And uh, these are patients that have abnormally large pupils. I find that it's patients that have abnormally large uh, pupils at night. So um, the enlarged pupil at night under dim light conditions will go, will enlarge beyond the treatment sign for, um, for the refractive surgery. And then the other group of patients or complications is where we overcorrect basically taking more tissue than we intended to, mm-hmm. or under correction, where we take less tissue than we, um, uh, we intended to. And those patients, we would simply uh, offer them a touch-up. We would do um, refractive surgery again to, um, to fine-tune their results. And um, one complication I need to mention is uh, ectasia. This is a dreaded complication where if you do um, 
laser in a thin cornea. Remember, I said the eye needs to be healthy, and we the number one thing that we look out for in these patients is a thin cornea. If you do a laser and you end up with a very unstable cornea, you can get your myopia progressing, and it can be so bad that you end up needing a corneal graft. So we look out and seek out for this patient, making sure that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah? No, carry on. So apologies for interrupting. And then the other one is flap complications with, um, uh, with the LASIK. Mm-hmm. So when we do refractive surgery, uh, one of the procedures I described is LASIK, where we lift up a flap. So sometimes in the performance of that flap, we can uh, run into uh, problems, and those we would classify as refractive, I mean, as um, flap complications. Uh, just before we wrap up, we did receive a question on our WhatsApp hotline on 0727021702. Morning, Cox. Dr. <coughs> Dr. Malika is my doctor. He helped me with, with the operation on my eyes um, a long time ago. I just wanted to find out from him what happens if your other eye starts again after the the corrective surgery. If if your eye starts again to be blurry, does it need correction again or what does it need? I would say it depends. You need to um, to come through, let's uh, assess. But normally, um, refractive surgery, I would say it's stable in... 95, 98% of patients and when time has lapsed and you develop a visual issue again, it might be a different diagnosis. You might have a cataract or you might have, you know, a new problem, glaucoma. So you need to come assess and let's see if it's still a refractive problem that's um, blurring your vision. So I would say come through, let's have a look and depending on what it is, we can uh, help you with that. Dr. Malega, thank you so much for making time for us this morning. Uh, just a message from Tandega saying, uh, Dr. Malega is so clear in, ex- in his explanations. What a brilliant interview about eye surgery. So thank you so much for giving us your time this morning. Only a pleasure, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's eye surgeon at Safe Sight Cataract and Eye Laser Center, Dr. Debuho Malega.